welcome to the Nutrition Conspiracy Theorist Show. I'm Bethany, and this is... Clint Esposito. <laughs> and each episode, we're going to debunk some of the mainstream nutritional guidance information. Stuff that we've been told our whole lives, which may turn out not to be true. What? Somebody lied to me? Someone lied. Alright, so uh, this episode we are going to talk about, is meat actually healthy for you? Go ahead, say it. Nutrition, <laughs> say yes. <laughs> That's right. Anything, it's easy to be conspiracy theorist nowadays, all you have to do is not agree with everyone else. Yes, so that's what makes us nutrition conspiracy theorists, because we don't agree with the mainstream narrative on food. So, we pick some studies to show that there is no real correlation to saturated fat and cardiovascular disease. Because one of the biggest reasons doctors give to avoid red meat is they say it causes heart disease. And we um, did some research and turns out that's not true. Um, a lot of the studies that are out there that show that uh, added saturated fat in your diet causes heart disease, a lot of them are just kind of like, um, kind of questionnaires like, do you eat meat? And the people that say yes, and then, you know, they just look at their prevalence of heart disease, but they're not looking at the rest of their diet. They're not looking at, well, when they're eating meat, they're having a cheeseburger and a whole large french fry and a large Coke, and they're eating whatever else throughout the day that we don't know. That's not even included in these studies. So we don't really know that it's the meat that's driving the cardiovascular disease because it's not being separated out from everything else they're eating in their diet. So um, some studies have found that there really is no link. And so we picked a few and we will link them at the end of the show. Um, so do you want to read through a couple headlines and conclusions? Sure. Uh, saturated fat uh, and health, a reassessment and proposal for food-based recommendations. J-A-C-C, state-of-the-art review. Sounds fancy. It sounds really fancy. Um, so the abstract, is that what we're looking for here? I mean, you no, can we read want through that, conclusion. or you can read the conclusion, yeah. I mean, people can read it at the end, you know, you know but just for the point that we're trying to make. It's hard to oh, yeah, there's all the links. Okay, so in this study, the conclusion, the long-standing bias against foods rich in saturated fat should be replaced with a view toward recommending diets consisting of healthy foods. What steps could shift the bias? We suggest the following measures. Enhance the public's understanding that many foods, example, whole fat dairy, uh, that play an important role in meeting dietary and nutritional recommendations, may also be rich in saturated fats. Two, make the public aware that low-carbohydrates diet high in saturated fats which are popular for managing body weight, may also improve metabolic disease um, endpoints in some individuals, but emphasize that health effects of dietary carbohydrates, just like those of saturated fats, uh, depend on the amount, type, and quality of carbohydrate, food sources, degree of processing, etc. Um, and three, shift focus from the current paradigm that emphasizes saturated fat content of foods as key for health to one that centers on specific traditional foods so that nutritionists, dietitians, and the public can easily identify health, 
healthful sources of saturated fats. So really just that there is um, such a bias in that saturated fat is bad for you that we're really missing the big picture of nutrition here and that we need to look at, you know, that we're doing ourselves a big disservice and that, you know, there are healthy saturated fats and um, to educate people so we can have a healthier population. Well, it's like anything, right? Not all of anything is bad. Right, exactly. They like to just go, oh, saturated fat across yeah. the board, right. which, you know... <clears throat> I'm but sure when you're you when some. you're having saturated fat from a whole food source, it's way different than eating, you know, a muffin with saturated fat in it. Right. You know, because now it's lumped together with all sorts of things: sugar, flour. Where cheese. would that source of saturated fat be? Just the butter, or the, whatever. Whatever, yeah, margarine butter, whatever they use for like a fat source, vegetable oils, which is really not saturated fat. That's more um, polyunsaturated. All right, Association of Dietary uh, Circulation and Supplement Fatty Acids with Coronary Risk. Background guidelines advocate changes in fatty acid consumption to promote cardiovascular health. <clears throat> Conclusion. Current evidence does not clearly support cardiovascular guidelines that encourage high consumption of polyunsaturated fatty acids and low consumption of total saturated fats. So again, we'll have this uh, linked in here so you can go and look at the Right, and this study. one's basically saying that, you know, there's a big push for like vegetable oils to be used, um, which are low in saturated fats, high in polyunsaturated fats. Um, and that they're healthier, but we're, you know, in that study, it's saying that there is no evidence of that, that it's in any way a lower saturated fat diet and higher polyunsaturated fat diet lowers cardiovascular disease. So, again, we're just making the point that there's no correlation between saturated fat and cardiovascular disease. Meta-analysis of prospective cohort studies evaluating the association of saturated fat with cardiovascular disease. The background, a reduction in dietary saturated fat has generally been thought to improve cardiovascular health. Objective. The objective of this meta-analysis was to summarize the evidence related to the association of dietary saturated fat with risk of coronary heart disease stroke and cardiovascular disease um, in prospective epidemiologic studies. Conclusion. A meta-analysis of prospective epidemiologic studies showed that there is no significant evidence for concluding that dietary saturated fat is associated with an increased risk of CHD or CVD. More data are needed to elucidate whether CVD risks are likely to be influenced by the specific nutrients used to replace saturated fats. This is even going as far as to say, is it being influenced by the specific nutrients used to replace right, saturated exactly. fat? And again, a lot of those, what are they using? They're using vegetable oils, seed oils. So they're they're taking out the the things that we've you know evolved eating, and they're putting in these manufactured abundance fats of... in abundance, and because it's in everything, and they're using that as the replacement, and it's 
potentially causing more risk than if we just stuck to. But that's not put out in the mainstream narrative, No, it's is not. It? And, you know... And well, that's you, frustrating. It's very frustrating. <laughs> this is why we're doing this, because that's the frustration, is that, you know, uh, just the omittance of information... Valuable information. ...is just as bad, you know, as the narrative they're pushing, meat is bad, meat is bad, meat is bad, meat is bad. But nobody... Well, there are some people, you know, obviously a lot of other people that came before us that are, that are beating the drum that... Uh, seed oils and processed foods are really what's causing it, but the mainstream narrative still just is like, no, I yeah, don't they see. Don't. They're just meat's bad. There's like it's this black and white thing with them, and they don't want people to look in the middle. I guess no, they want you to listen to their narrative. Yes. Here's another one: the evidence for saturated fat and for sugar related to coronary heart disease. So this one actually um, yes, the abstract's long. At, yeah, I'm that. not reading all of that right now. <laughs> um, the this one actually looked at sugar and saturated fat consumption, which is good because, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of um, studies that came out saying saturated fat is bad for you are ones that weren't looking at anything else. We're just looking at meat consumption and not anything else in the diet. And like so, you said, they were not controlled studies. So they didn't have any idea. They had no influence over what they were eating. They don't even know, like she said, what they ate other than they said, yes, I do eat this amount of red meat. But the thought is that since the dietary guideline has been to limit red meat, the type of person that would eat more red meat than recommended is also the type of person to smoke, drink, eat all right. the other stuff that they're also not supposed to eat. So there's not really, and obviously that might just be a, a theory, but I mean, I think it's a, probably a pretty good... Uh, sounds like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> sounds like another conspiracy on conspiracy theory. Um, so this study and the conclusion, um, so there was many lines of evidence implicating the added sugars more than saturated fat as etiologic in CHD. We urge dietary guidelines to shift focus away from recommendations to reduce saturated fat and towards recommendations to avoid added sugars, uh, specifically recommendations to support the eating of whole foods, um, foods from living botanical plants, and the avoidance of ultra-processed food, and that's foods from any industrial... Who did this study? Are they still around? Have they disappeared? They might have disappeared. We should probably look up the author and see if they're still around because they're, they haven't they disappeared, but they, they no longer work at whatever university they used to work the, at. You know, uh, dietary guidelines still say to eat 6 to 11 servings of bread a day, so... You'd be very full. Or very right. hungry. Or very hungry. So, you know, we've been beating the, the saturated fat doesn't cause heart disease horse, so now I want to actually talk about... The benefits of eating red meat, which, again, something that doesn't get talked about. It just, you're told what? Limit. Only eat red meat once a week. Only eat red meat once a month. You know, and now they have you down to a yeah, little, yeah, little like square. Yeah, like a serving this big, you a know. Bite. Yeah, you can have a bite of red meat. <laughs> Thank you, sir. But truly, there are significant health benefits to eating red meat. Um, not only is there obviously a great amino acid profile. Um, but they're the best, <laughs> the best around. <laughs> literally, you literally can't beat it. 
<laughs> we should play that song. The best. I'm currently saying what we're going to sing. Let's come up with that later. <laughs> How do we sing without actually not singing? No, because not singing. I, don't, I was I singing of lyrics. Voice. That would be about how great steak was instead of uh, the Karate Kid. <laughs> All right. So, as we said, meat obviously has uh, a really good, it's a good source of protein, which means it's got all the essential amino acids, um, obviously fat content, which we don't need to talk about fat anymore, um, fatty acids. Choline. Choline is a really important nutrient, and um, it's actually really important in fertility. So if you're having an issue getting pregnant, um, I would recommend eating more red meat and eggs, um, which is also a high source of choline. But you have to have the yolk. Have to have the yolk. The egg whites do not count. Um, there's actually very little nutrition in the egg whites aside from some protein. So Why has everybody been so mad at meat it's been pro trans fatty acids forever <laughs> it's actually meat. 18 to 1 trans so meat is very accepting it's trans fatty acids is 18 to 1 all right that's the best trans ratio of any food as well <laughs> uh, vitamins high in yeah you talk go ahead Sorry. it's high no. in trans stuff uh min uh vitamins uh as with other animal foods, red meat is an excellent source of bioavailable B12. Everybody's trying to get B12. Everybody's deficient. Well, red meat has That's it. That's the way to go. And if you are a vegetarian, you are not getting any natural sources of vitamin B12, and which means you're probably taking a supplement. But unfortunately, the bioavailability of the supplement is nothing compared to what you can have from... A 100 gram serving up to 25% recommended daily intake, RDI. Is that what that is? Uh, I don't even know where you're reading. RDI. Uh, oh, yeah, RDI. I guess intake. The of, recommended daily uh, of intake. Riboflavin, niacin, vitamin B6, and pan panotenic acid. Uh, can also be provided by 100 grams of red meat, but compared with pork, it is a relatively poor source of thiamine. So, eat some pork, too. Eat some pork, too. Liver is an excellent source of vitamin A and folate. We're kind of getting Which, off Which, yeah, I would like to talk about organs in another episode, yes. I think, because that's also a nutrition conspiracy theory. Also, minerals. Beef and lamb are among the richest sources of minerals, iron, and zinc, which are both, what have they been telling every, well, not iron necessarily, but zinc. Right. Constantly during the pandemic, you yeah, need vitamin D zinc, and you need zinc. zinc. Yeah. Yep. So, um, also, we'll get to this is what you're talking about before with me red meat bioactive compounds. So, one, I hate the discussion of protein, right? Because everybody just goes protein, protein, protein about steak or whatever. They just go protein, like that's the only thing in meat. Well, it's like, uh, way oversimplification because of one of amino acids like we said what does it have all of your it has all the essential amino all acids. all the essential amino acids i'm sure some and non-essential some but there are some i guess that you're not getting but besides that you also get taurine the non-essentials your body makes got it 
So Some the essential stuff. ones you have to eat. you have to eat, and um, they're um, all meat and animal products are a complete source of protein, meaning they contain all essential amino acids. Whereas plant um, foods are none of them are complete, except I think a soybean, which that's a whole other episode of why you should probably avoid soy. But uh, every other every plant is n a, not a complete protein, meaning it does not contain all essential amino acids. There you go. Um, also, it doesn't uh, comp um, contain any of this either. Meat-based bioactive <laughs> compounds in addition to the traditional essential nutrients. I like how they say that. In addition to the traditional essential nutrients. Like all these nutrients that we're about to talk about were not <laughs> traditional essential nutrients. Like we just came up with these recently. Meat just started having this stuff in it. It's a... Silly way to say yes. that. Um, Very silly. In, uh, in addition to the traditional essential nutrients with defined requirement, there are a number of meat-based bioactive substance th ugh, substances that have been studied for... They actually studied these? For their potential beneficial effects. Potential. It's still potential. You'll yeah. realize this in all these things and that we do. Everything. It's always, oh, there's, you know, maybe some evidence this is good for this, but, you know. We people can't... have done this for about 2,000 years, but we're not sure of efficacy. Yeah, people, humans have been eating meat for how many, I don't even know, 100,000 years or so? Probably since their inception. But it may or may not be good for you, but we don't know. All right, taurine, an amino acid in meat of particular interest is taurine. Meat is rich in taurine, uh, 110 milligrams, 100 uh, grams in lamb, and seven, uh, 77 milligrams, I know. <laughs> it gets hard. Anyway, taurine is in uh, Red Bull and anything <laughs> like that. For It's true for energy yeah, and in your true. sports supplement. Carnitine uh, also gets put into um, supplements a little bit, not that much. Uh, linoleic acid. But what is carnitine good for? I don't remember. Tell you me. know, you take, well, you take acetyl-carnitine. Oh, for my brain. Yeah. And for energy, because it helps with my mitochondrial energy production, or ATP. That's right. So, all these things are important. Uh, conjugate, conjugated linoleic acid, or CLA. You can actually go to GNC or Vitamin Shop and buy a bottle of CLA capsules or tablets um, or capsules to lose weight. It helps you lose weight because eating this fat triggers your body that you have eaten a bunch of uh, very nutritious meat and then you can let go of some fat. Right. So when you're... When your body thinks it's in abundance, it's not trying to hold on to the fat. So if you're eating good pieces of red meat with a good fat profile, well, your body's not worried about holding on to the fat because yeah, it's like, oh, we're, we're good. We're in abundance. We have plenty of food. Um, androgynous antioxidants. Ooh, not something you like to hear uh, that meat has, right? You know, they're always talking about how all the fruits and vegetables have yeah, antioxidants. That's true. Which, again, are to our point, is meat a health food? It seems to have all the things that uh, vegetables do and then more, like <laughs> yes. creatine. If you've worked out at all, 
You've heard of creatine. Meanwhile, it's in meat. I would, uh, just think about this. Any of these compounds that you're buying as a supplement, people discovered in nature and then go, oh, this works, and then they just made like a refined version of it that they could sell. So any of this stuff, I, which is what I know I try to do, I know Bethany does as well, if we look up that we're like deficient in something or you want to get more of something, then I always try and look up natural ways of actually getting it. So that way it comes with now you've just eaten creatine, taurine with all the amino acids, with uh, some fat to help you absorb all that stuff and protein. Now, you don't think that all those things packaged together is going to make for a way better system of nutrient delivery to your body. Yes. You're hitting all the systems at once. Uh, so, I mean, I would think that it's probably been set up like that for a reason. Yeah, let's go there and look at some of the health benefits of eating red meat. This is a fun one. So, this now everyone can go out after this and get like a really big piece of steak from their favorite yeah, restaurant. Yeah, not feel bad about Don't it. Don't feel anyway. bad. Feel good about it. So... Again, like we just talked about, beef has an impressive nutrition profile, which we won't get into everything. Like I said, we're going to link everything here so you can look at it yourself, but it is high in plenty of vitamins and minerals. It is a health food. Um, Clay and I were just briefly talking about carnitine, L-carnitine. And, um, well, that's, you know, oh, it says it helps, oh, it, it's synthesized in the liver. From the amino acids lysine and methionine. There you go. So um, it's important because um, it should could have some uh, positive health benefits with heart health. Which, wow, shocker! Isn't that the thing they say meat's bad for? Is heart health? Yeah. <laughs> um, diabetes, weight loss. Again, we. Diabetes, again, would be uh, counterintuitive, you would think, as well. And so would weight loss, because that's yes. what they're pushing on us, Yeah, is that it's unhealthy. So. And it's surprising, because even though, um, you know, a lot of what we're, you know, this is against mainstream narrative, you know, I when I was in um, college for nutrition, like over 10 years ago at this point, I actually had a teacher that was pretty, pretty awesome. And she's like, fat does not make you fat. Sugar does. And, you know, she understood that. And, but yet our food pyramid that we all learned off of would say right. the complete opposite of that. Right. Because they had fats up in like a little, the little triangle piece at the top, you know, meat was like right below it. Right. You know, so it was not, you know, yeah, your base was just bread, well, and bread, which carbs. is what we know is sugar. So, um, so it's interesting that the weight <clears throat> loss thing, I mean, obviously, um, low carb diets are kind of, you know, like, I guess popular, but I feel like still people don't quite understand that how eating meat can really help you lose weight. So it's not just about cutting the carbs. It's about eating meat so you feel satiated, so you're not craving right. all that other stuff. Yeah, people. most people ask us, you know, about uh, eating a bunch or, like, I guess nobody's really, anybody that's listening to the mainstream narrative has never filled up on meat. Probably not. 
because and I would also say that it takes some time right because we were eating meat but I'm now because we've done it for such a long time I'm probably more uh say like nourished at a cellular level mm -hmm. so I don't really get as hungry as often because my right. body's yeah. not like I need some nutrients right um but just eating a steak or something in the morning or you know with your eggs which I have steak with my eggs and it's now three 26 and I had like two pieces of cheese since then and we ate at what 10 o'clock yeah something like that and I had eggs bacon with some steak in it and that's that was it. it and I haven't been hungry again. and a couple cups of coffee a couple cups of coffee that's it so another reason why you know people like to say that meat is expensive but if you can eat it and then not eat for the next you know what I mean not feel hungry immediately right. you're, you're essentially still saving money um like we said all this stuff like this was a good one it has everything listed yeah out. all right so now we're gonna go to the great alternative broccoli broccoli Ooh. raw so remember too once you cook a lot of these vegetables or fruits i mean i guess you don't cook fruits all that much uh depending on what it is you will lose Nutritional Correct. value. So one of the most common um, vegetarian sources of protein people like to use as a comparison is broccoli. And so what I did is we pulled up just basically the nutrient contents of broccoli. And the next one we have the nutrient content of a steak. So Both 100 grams. Both 100 grams, same amounts. Um, so you can see you know, how much broccoli you would have to eat to equal the 100 grams of steak. 100 grams of broccoli is 2.57 grams yeah, of uh, protein. Pop over to the next one, you can see that it's um, 100 grams of steak is 27.3 grams of protein. So, I mean, there's not really a comparison when it comes to protein amount. You'd have to eat quite a bit of broccoli right. to get to just that point. And 100 grams of steak isn't really all that much. I think it's about four ounces. So typically you're having a little bit more than four ounces. So how much is, would it be the same amount of broccoli? Four uh, ounces of broccoli? I don't know the answer how to that. How is that different? I don't understand. 100 grams? Well, yeah, I don't, I... Because it's heavier? Well, yeah, oh, yeah, that's going more, weight right, versus exactly. uh, the cup is volume. Yes. Got it. That's why I was confused. Yeah, confusing myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, yes, quite a bit more. 2.57 versus uh, 20... It was up a little bit. It was 27.3. 27.3. Um, Who wants to eat that much broccoli? Total amino acids in broccoli. No, this, this is, is the steak. Yeah. This is steak. If you and you, so we can look at this, right? <clears throat> These are all the uh, amino acids that are in steak, and you can look at the amounts, and they're all pretty high. Um, and then if you pop over to broccoli, you can see there's a drastic difference here. Whoa! What happened to all <laughs> the things? Yes. So. Just well, be mindful that when, you know... And here's the other thing that we'll touch on very quickly. What do you want to um, touch on? The fact that... Let's look at what we've been really going by is uh, calories. 
Carbs. Carbs. Sorry, people. Carbs. Where is the carbs? So of? there's zero carbs in steak. That were on you. Yeah. Okay. And then if you go back over to the broccoli, it was it's like six point some. Yep. Okay. So now zero carbs in steak, people. And basically what we've been doing recently is only counting carbs, not calories, carbs. And just keeping ourselves within a certain range. And we've both been shedding body fat. So just bringing that up because now if you're going to try and uh, get the amount of protein that you need and from broccoli and lose body fat, it's going to be very hard with you simply because right. of the amount of carbohydrates okay. you're going to eat. And although they are from a vegetable, it doesn't matter. You have to count all Right. And it's the same carbs, thing with the, the, the other plant sources of protein like beans. Okay, yes, there's protein, but they're still high in carbohydrates. So you're it's really, really hard to lose body fat when your your protein source is also a carb source. Well, and we also haven't even talked about uh, the fact that not all of the nutrition in broccoli or beans is bioavailable. Right. So you're yep. still not even absorbing every single bit that's in broccoli or beans or any yes. of that stuff. And you may not be absorbing every single bit of steak, but you're at a way, way higher level, I would say. Yes, and like we touched on before is the beans and the broccoli, they're also not complete proteins so they don't have all your essential amino acids so if that's your you know protein replacement you have to eat multiple things so you're gonna have to have like holy toast and peanut butter you have to like always pair things together because mm. so that way you get all of your essential well the amino things acids. that you mentioned already holy toast broccoli peanut butter that sounds like a lot of carbs already a lot of carbs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've been keeping ourselves like around 50 to 100. 50 to 100, a little bit less. But with eating right, steak... 50 to 100 grams. Grams of carbs, which with eating steak isn't hard. I imagine if you were not eating steak, yeah. it'd be... Or some kind of real meat right. source like that, it'd be pretty much impossible. To stay in that range, And yeah. get anywhere near the amount of protein that we're getting. Correct, yeah. So which... That's why we brought that up because, you know, most people's concern is, you know, losing weight, losing body fat. And then they go vegetarian and or vegan. Right. And it's really hard to lose body fat when, you're, um, when your carbohydrate intake is high. So it's just... Not yeah. all calories are created equal, but all carbs are created equal. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that sounds like another conspiracy theory. <laughs> we'll have to research that some more. All right, everyone, um, all of these articles and uh, studies that we used will be linked in the notes, so please check that out. Also, uh, like, subscribe, and give us a review, because yes. uh, reviews actually drive it a lot, so I've heard I've never really had people review any of my podcasts, so we're going to give it a try. And, and let us know any topics you want us to debunk. We have a lot of ones on our list already that we want to touch on, but let us know if you have something you want us to look into and see if it's true or not. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thank Later. you.